singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to EmergeNetwork.org. Thread. Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley, and welcome to Thread. This is a podcast designed to help emerging leaders to develop themselves in their uh, communication ability, in their spirituality, and in their leadership skills. Sherry and I have served for about 20 years uh, in a variety of roles, everything from college president to church planners to, uh, in the last five years, leaders of a media ministry. And I've had a hand in launching radio stations, and that's been really exciting. And five years ago, we launched this ministry called Emerge, and Emerge is here for young leaders. We want to pour all the resources we can into young Christian leaders so that you can rise up now and you can communicate the gospel to your generation. So that's, in a nutshell, what Thread is all about. One thing we've learned throughout the years is that a leader's number one duty is to get healthy. Become healthy physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and then stay that way, despite the demands of ministry. So, in the first 20 episodes of Thread, we're going to start with a careful verse-by-verse study of the Gospel of Mark before we go on to any other subject. So, get your Bibles out, and let's move through the Gospel of Mark carefully. Mark's gospel is a really interesting gospel in that it's, uh, it's written unlike the other ones. Mark's gospel is almost written like a screenplay would be written. You know, if you're, if you're really good at writing a screenplay, you don't have these super long speeches for your characters to say, I really love my family. I mean, I love my family. You have them do something. There's an action especially an action that is taken under pressure that could hurt the character. You know, he has to sacrifice in order to make that action. Well, when you when you do those things, now, okay, now you've revealed the character. And as we watch this man or woman sacrifice for their family, then we say, wow, they really love their family. And that's kind of how Mark does his book. He's not intending to give us really long speeches and teachings from Jesus. He wants to show by the actions of Jesus what kind of person Jesus was and where the heart of Jesus lies. Uh, And uh, so this is going to read like a screenplay. And sometimes Mark actually gives sort of uh, acting directions. You can see the action because he describes it more than he does uh, actually the words. Uh, for example, you know, he'll talk about uh, Jesus being in a scene, maybe when Peter's rebuking him, and then it says, you know, and Jesus turns and he noticed what it's doing to the disciples, and then he turns back to Peter, you know. So we're able to visualize it, the, the scenes really carefully in Mark. His favorite word is immediately, immediately. It's real fast-paced. So I think you're going to like that for our ADD generation that we're all part of. Um, the second thing, though, and I, I had really never, I've read Mark many times. It was actually the first book of the Bible I ever translated from the Greek after taking uh, Greek in seminary. But 
I had never noticed that really the plot of this book and the core of this message is rooted in persecution. From John the Baptist, uh, which is how it opens, to Christ's many references to persecution, to Peter uh, rebuking Jesus for talking so much about persecution. And then Jesus comes right back to that theme again. You know, Mark is very intent uh, not on telling us everything Jesus taught. He wants to show us uh, how that if you're going to be a change agent, you've got to get your mind geared up to deal with the backlash that comes from the society against change agents, especially when you are bringing the kingdom of God and you're bringing light and, and uh, righteousness and the dark spiritual world around you does not want that. And when you challenge, especially the religious world, because the darkness has gotten into the religious world and you want to talk about that, then you have to expect that that, that religious world is going to come back on you and they're going to try to hurt you. Now, Mark knows this because he's living through it as he writes these words. Uh, just to give you a little background on Mark, he was a young man. Some people say he was the young man that when Jesus was arrested in the garden and the scripture says that one, uh, one young man, they laid hold on him and he struggled to get away and they grabbed him by his clothes and he shed his clothes and ran away. Uh, some people say that was Mark. We don't have that in the Scripture. I mean, that, that story's in the Scripture, but we it doesn't identify who it was. But some people in tradition say that that, that was Mark. Uh, we know that when Paul was just starting his ministry, uh, he was introduced to Mark. Mark was a young man. He went with Paul, but he chickened out halfway through the mission, and he went back home to his mama. And so the next time Paul did a missions trip, Mark wanted to go again, and Paul said, you're not going. And Barnabas said, he's good. You know, he just needs to grow up. But this guy has good stuff in him. And Paul said, no way, I'm not taking him. They got in this huge fight. And in the end, Paul wouldn't take him. So Barnabas took him and went on his own mission. Um, later on, Peter took Mark under wing. And he shared everything he knew about Jesus, all the stories that he told Mark about when he lived with Jesus. Uh, he passed those faithfully on to Mark, but now uh, Mark is older and something has happened. Uh, Nero, in uh, 64 AD, set fire to part of Rome, and he blamed the Christians for it. And uh, a persecution rose up in the capital city of Rome, and Paul, the apostle, was beheaded, and Peter was crucified, and Mark now has a very deep realization that the church is about to go through a period of incredible testing. Now, their last persecution, which he also was, was there for, um, was a persecution just at the hands of religious leaders. Uh, Jewish people, the early Christians were all Jewish, and the Jewish religious establishment felt that the teaching of Jesus was a heresy, and they rose up very strongly and did what they could do on a local level to persecute. And that persecution hurt a lot, especially emotionally, because this was their family, this is their friends, this is their 
religious life. You know, they've always been close to these people. And now these are the very ones that are rising up against them. But this persecution, uh, although it was at times bloody, was limited. Uh, it, was, uh, it was aggravating. It was heartbreaking. But it did not have the force of government behind it. But see, now the second persecution is going to be different. And as Mark looks at the scene, he says, oh, no, we're about to be persecuted by Rome itself. And when he realizes that, he says, oh, no, I've got to prepare the church. And so he lifts up the stories that Peter told him, but he's going to focus those stories around the theme of persecution and around the need to get the body of Christ, to get their mind ready so that they deal with this. Because as Peter told him, you know, if you're not ready for persecution when it hits you, you, you're very uh, likely you're going to fail the test because Peter failed the test the first time when he was persecuted. You know he didn't he wasn't ready for it, and so all it took was a you know a child, a young lady, that uh, says to him, "Oh, you're one of Jesus' disciples." And wow, Peter's re, you know resisting that, and he's cursing and he's saying, "I don't even know the man," and you know he was so ashamed of his behavior. But he told the story, and that's the thing about humility in leadership. Peter told the story because that story was important for other people. It hurt his image, but it was an important story for others because they were going to have to face that exact same circumstance very soon. And so Peter shared that story, and Mark shares the story. So they need to get ready. Now, the second time persecution came from the Jewish leaders, Peter was ready for it, and now Peter has laid down his life as Rome has persecuted. And again, according to tradition, when they went to crucify him, Peter said, I'm not worthy to be crucified the way Jesus was. Would you turn me upside down and crucify me that way? So, you know, Peter has definitely toughened up for the task. So as Mark writes his book, the very core, the center of the book, pretty much the middle of the book, uh, is this statement from Jesus. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and he must be killed, and after three days he must rise again. And then he says that about all disciples later on. He's in the same chapter. He says, Whoever desires to come after me, so if you want to be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So Mark leads his readers not away from suffering, but he leads them directly to the cross. And he says, in the cross, you will find meaning for your life. In the cross, you will find the core of who you really are as a person. So don't run away from this experience of suffering for the name of Jesus. It has always been the experience of prophets of God. As the people reject them, they stand firm by the Lord. But in that moment of loyalty, uh, they, they find out who they are and they find the sweetest, closest fellowship with the Lord. When I was young in the ministry, I, was, uh, I had a dream one night. It was such a vivid dream, but I knew it was a dream from God. And in this dream, we were in our, our little house that we were living in in those days, which was in a farm community. And the dream was set in the future. And I came in, and Sherry was 
washing dishes, and she had a very distant uh, manner about her. And without looking up, she said to me, they crucified two men today. And I, and I said, really? Where? Because I knew, you know, if it was a time of persecution that was rising against the church in this dream. And she said, they're, they're, out, they're outside. And I went outside, and sure enough, right there in my front yard, there were two men crucified. One was unconscious, and the other one was still very much conscious. And when I looked at him, he was he had his head laid back against the cross, and he was relaxed. He was dying moment by moment, but it was over with. They had already crucified him. There was nothing more they were going to do against him. And now he was just... Uh, resting in the arms of the Lord, and he, I could see on his face he had this, this closeness. He was communing with the crucified Christ and sharing in his sufferings. Paul talks about being a partaker of Christ's suffering so that we can later be a partaker of his glory. And in my dream, I, I tried to be a pastor, you know. I went out to him, and I tried to say some encouraging words, and he, you know, I interrupted him. So he looked down at me, and he, he smiled at me politely, and he listened to everything I said. But I could tell at the end of my words that I really uh, didn't have anything to offer that man, that he was already in the presence of the Lord, that crucified people live a certain kind of life that only they can experience because they don't cling to anything in this world. They don't care about their reputation. They don't care about their things. Uh... They are just one with Christ. And I realized as I walked away that I, I didn't have anything else I could bring to that man and that he actually didn't need anything that I had or that anybody else had because he had the treasure of Christ. So you know, the, the Lord used that dream, and it's come back to me many times in my life, to call me back to the center of our faith. Our faith centers around the cross not around blessing and financial prosperity and happy families. And, I mean, we hope for all of that. But the Christian faith is centered in the cross of Jesus Christ. And without that cross, we have no power. And without going to that cross, you and I will never have power in our own lives. So I hope that you're going to enjoy this study of Mark. And we're just going to dig in uh, chapter by chapter and see how a true disciple lives a crucified life. God bless you. Have a great day.